Hello, it's John Rawl, and this is the Y'all Show as we begin another day talking about things in the South, putting a Southern focus on the news as well as the sports talk. And we also have coming up today a little barbecue talk thanks to our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. He'll be joining us in the second hour of today's Y'all Show. To connect to us, our number is 803-816-1170. That's a number available for you to ring 24-7-803-816-1170. Our website, y'all.com. Y'all is the ultimate guide to the South, and we welcome you to go there 24-7 as well at y'all.com. We've got a couple of Facebook pages. We encourage you to go there and follow us on Facebook at y'all.com on Facebook as well as Y'all Show as we're both up there with the show as well as the website. And like our page, subscribe, follow us, and you'll be set to know what's going on in your neighborhood, that neighborhood being the 16 southern states. We will have headlines from across the nation, across the south here that we'll get to in just a second. Of course, coronavirus continues to be the subject that is just taking over the entire world from a coverage standpoint, and rightfully so. And we've got some alarming numbers, but we also have some hope, and we'll pass along that as well as some other headlines going on, including we needed we needed some relief here, and one way we're going to get relief is to have a crazy story coming from florida of course we need a dumb criminal from florida story and we've got just that coming up in just a handful of minutes all right looking at the headlines across the nation across the south across the world with a southern angle of course if you look at the latest coronavirus numbers the positive cases the deaths worldwide the case load is almost 1.4 million positive cases with around 75,000 deaths in the entire world at this point. And then when you look at it from a U.S. perspective, right now the United States leads all countries in the world with total cases, as we've seen almost 400,000 positive cases. That's a lot more than even the second country in the world that's got 140,000, so more than 200,000 more positive cases here in this country as compared to number two country, and that would be Spain. Italy's right there with along the same lines. Germany trails Italy. France is right around 100,000 positive cases. And the country that started it all, China, hasn't even reached 82,000 as of Monday, at least. And so our country right here has had more positive cases compared to any other country in the world. Now, what is the reason for that? Well, a lot of people would say it's because we've had more we've had more tests that have been administered compared to other countries, especially some of those early countries like China and Italy that got hit hard and didn't have all the ways to test people for the coronavirus. So it's very disturbing to pass along today that we've got almost 400,000 cases here in this country of coronavirus. And sadly, we've had over 10,000 deaths. We hit that mark, I think it was Sunday, that we officially eclipsed 10,000 deaths as a result of COVID-19. And now we're going to be well over 11,000, if not close to 12,000 here today. And our numbers are alarming for sure. And again, we are the leader in the entire world with deaths well yeah are we with this no we're still trailing other countries no we're sadly we're not there yet but we will be i i I think we all would agree that we're likely going to have more deaths officially at least from this than any other country right now the country in the world that's had more deaths is italy 
with over 16,000. And again, we're right at 11,000 here in this country. And we'll probably eclipse that number of Italy in about a week to two weeks. What is the good news looking at these numbers? From a total angle of looking at it worldwide, yes, we have we have the potential to have more deaths in our country than any other country. The stat that makes you feel, if you're going to feel good about anything here, is the number of recovered people. We've had almost 20,000 people recover from this coronavirus. And more importantly, this is the number. It's Again, it's horrible to lose one person. But when you break it down on the total of deaths per million population, if you average it out, our country has had 32 deaths per million residents. 32. Looking at these other countries, for example, Spain and Italy, 285 for Spain and 273 for Italy. 273 deaths per million population. So that's about eight times more deadly, if you want to call it that word there, coming from Italy and Spain in terms of the deaths per million population. Germany seems to be a little bit more like we are. Germany's got 20 deaths per million people. Germany's already seen a total of 1,700 plus deaths from COVID-19. France has also been hit hard. France has had, gosh, almost 9,000 deaths in that country and 137 deaths per million population. Now, what's alarming, the country that started it all, the granddaddy of the coronavirus, China, again, where they do their own way of counting there, and who can believe these numbers coming from the Communist Party of China, but according to the deaths recorded, China has had 3,300 deaths from the coronavirus, and a total, when you average it out per million population, that's two per million population that have died from coronavirus two compared to our 32 here in this country and 285 the number that spain has again who who is going to be believing what china has to say now breaking it down here in this country from a state-by-state perspective our hearts go out of course new york and new jersey those two states by far with more cases and right now with new york having close to 5,000 deaths from the coronavirus Remember, just a month ago, we had every single one of these 5,000 people alive, and most of them maybe even had healthy lives and had a very good life with a good family. And less than a month later, because of this virus, 5,000 New Yorkers, over 1,000 residents of New Jersey. I had a chance to watch their governor in his press conference that he had from, I guess, Trenton, the state capital, on Monday. And he was very, very good in his press conference telling people what they needed to do. They needed to social distance. That's the best treatment, the best prescription to get rid of the coronavirus. Michigan is the third leading state for coronavirus right now with close to 18,000 cases. And Michigan's almost at 1,000 deaths. California's got over 15,000. And then we come to Louisiana. Louisiana's right around the 15,000 caseload and over 500 deaths in the Pelican State. Florida here in the south, right at 13,000, close to 250 deaths in the state of Florida. Georgia's got over 7,300 cases and about 250 deaths thus far. Texas, also around that same number of total cases, 7,300 roughly, and about 140 deaths from the state of Texas.
Then you go to Maryland. Maryland's had over 4,000 cases and close to 100 deaths. The state of Tennessee's getting close to 4,000 cases and about 70 cases or 70 deaths in the volunteer state. North Carolina's around 3,000 with about 50 deaths. Virginia is close to 2,954 deaths as of today. Missouri is pushing eight around 2,800 and around 60 deaths in the state of Missouri. South Carolina, which, like Arkansas, at least Monday, did not have a mandatory stay-at-home order. I'm not sure what Henry McMaster is doing in the Palmetto State, but South Carolina right at 2,300 total cases and about 50 deaths in the Palmetto State. Alabama, Kay Ivey put her order in on Saturday, and Alabama's got around 2,000 cases and around 60 deaths as of right now. Mississippi's got over right around 1,800 1800 cases and around 54 deaths at this point. And Oklahoma, 1,300 cases with around 53 deaths. And finally, the states of Kentucky with close to 1,000 cases and 45 deaths. And Arkansas, close to 900 cases, 16 deaths reported. And then the state of West Virginia, almost 350 cases with about five deaths reported in the Mountain State. And that is a quick look at the rundown of the states and their breakdown of virus positive cases as well as the number of deaths, sadly, to report. Now, we're telling you about some of these numbers. You might have seen on Monday, Governor Cuomo of New York, his press conference, he said that they just might be at the apex of the outbreak where they're trying to flatten the curve. And we sure hope that that's the sign. As he says, there are signs that the outbreak may be or near its peak while warning that this is no time to relax the restrictions aimed at keeping people from getting too close to one another. And he's ordered bigger fines against violators. He says the numbers look like it may be turning. Yay. It's over. No, it's not. And other places have made that mistake. Governor Cuomo keeping it real there in the empire state now of course nationwide we're very concerned about it worldwide we're concerned we've seen the boris johnson of great britain go to the icu and a horrible situation there in the united kingdom and other world leaders including prince charles have had positive tests of coronavirus so yes it could be flattening in some places but remember although it might be stabilizing a little bit in new york if that is indeed the case We're still concerned right here in the South what's going on in Louisiana and how other states could be that may not have the big numbers now, but in the next week could see a giant uptick in the number of cases. Now, the ACLU is doing their part to assist inmates in the federal pen. They've now filed a class action lawsuit, and they're seeking the release of hundreds of high-risk inmates in prison in Louisiana that are in federal prison at least where the coronavirus has already claimed the lives of five prisoners in federal prison, and it's infected nearly two dozen dozen other prisoners in the federal pen there in Louisiana. The ACLU claims Attorney General William Barr did not go far enough last week in a directive to begin releasing vulnerable prisoners at the FCC Oakdale, that's the federal correctional facility there at Oakdale, to home confinement, and therefore they have push this lawsuit forward i also saw you may have seen it some of the state prisoners prisons and prisoners within state prisons are putting out videos i guess they've got cell phone video they can they're not even supposed to have cell phones in prison but some of them snuck them in and they're using these cell phone videos now to broadcast from the prisons from within the prison walls 
the severity of the coronavirus. And I know I saw one prisoner showing a prisoner in a wheelchair. And they said, what's, what's this guy going to do? He can't run. So why is he in prison? He is going to be more prone to getting the coronavirus than anybody. He's an older man in a wheelchair. And they bring up a good point. So look for more prisoners, perhaps, to get out of prison now that there's an ACLU, a lawsuit going against the federal prison system for having prisoners five at this one place in Louisiana die there while incarceration. And now your state prisons are likely to also feel a big pressure. This is not a good time for the people that work in a prison. You got to remember, they're going in risking their lives as well. Perhaps some of them even brought the COVID-19 into the into the judicial system by having the contracting and outside the prison walls and then coming in. They've got their own life outside of work and they may have unknowingly brought it into the prison and we're seeing prisoners die now. And that's not what the prisoners, when they go to prison, they don't need to die of a pandemic. They need to die of natural causes or if the world of the legal system says they should be dying in a state for example that's got a death penalty but to die of this horrible disease is not fair to anybody including our prisoners just my own two cents here we're looking at at stories outside of coronavirus for a moment SeaWorld out of orlando has announced their chief executive officer has now resigned after only being on the job for five months he becomes the third leader of the theme park company to depart in just over two years as sergio rivera cited his disagreement with the board of directors involvement and decision making at the company and that according to a filing with the securities and exchange commission his predecessor there at SeaWorld, Gus Anchora, cited a similar reason for leaving last September. But SeaWorld, a normal place people would be going right now, there in the Orlando area, the big theme park that's so much fun for the kids at least. Now they've got another change in leadership coming as their CEO leaving after only five months on the job. And as we told you earlier, we'll remind you there's a lot of people out here in the midst of this pandemic who are very brave and they're very very important right now especially to anybody who wants to eat and yes it's easy to remember our first responders our police officers our firemen our hospital workers doctors nurses anybody working in a hospital all the support staff those people deserve and should be recognized but let's not leave out our grocery stores and our people working at our, let's say, our family dollars and Dollar Generals and uh, Dollar Trees, even the other stores that are actually open right now. And our whatever local stores you might have in your community that are open and having important products that are available to you right now while you're stuck at home for the most part. And yes, they often are working and they're in they're trying to disinfect their keypad and their little conveyor belt when you go there but let's not leave out the people who are going in and work in fact next time i'm going into my local grocery store i don't know if they've done this but they should do it i think they should have a tip jar there at the checkout register and that tip jar needs to be shared by the people who are checking you out but it needs to go to everybody working in the grocery store from the butcher in the back to the person working the produce area to the management that are going in and every in fact speaking of this kind of tipping and appreciation for those working in the grocery industry there's an amazing story that just happened over the weekend 
from Atlanta involving one of the South's most famous, famous residents. And he did an incredible gesture at a restaurant there that I'll share in just a handful of minutes. But let's not forget our people involved in the support of our our stomachs here, the people involved in the food industry, the grocery industry, the people working at our fast food restaurants. They are also, we'll just go ahead and call them brave. I, I won't use the word hero, but they're they're brave. I mean, I went through a drive through the other day, and they took my money up. I used cash to pay for it. And I, I hope we're not at a point now that we're so scared to use even cash money to pay for things. But that's how I normally pay for things. And the young lady took my money. And she was not wearing gloves. What if she was wearing gloves? Would that have made a difference? If, if somebody had touched those gloves that had the virus and then she gave money back to me with those same gloves, wouldn't I contract the virus that way? It's just, it's just you'll pull your hair out worried about every single thing. That's why... We've just got to do our best, and it's not asking all that much for us to stay at home, for our kids to stay at home, but there's some people that can't stay home. And so for right now, for the people involved in emergency services, we certainly know that you have an important job to do, and we wish you all the best. But all those other people also that have jobs that are important, the people that help run the grocery stores, that help put the food into the grocery stores, the farmers, the people involved in all the products that you have to have, not the junk that you don't need to have a life, okay? The things that don't give you life, the the nonsense stuff. In fact, I heard some stores are shutting down parts of their store that don't have the essential products. But yeah, the other things that you got to have, we appreciate everybody who is involved in that aspect and how they're keeping our country going. And we will get through this. We will get through this. We also will get through this y'all show for this Tuesday. In fact, we've got more headlines. We've got that coming up, and it's coming up right after this break. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. I am doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise. But I still have constipation with belly pain, straining and bloating that keep coming back. 
My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at Linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Now, since you turned the tables on me, I've been steady and learning lonely. Keeping this turntable spinning. Everything from Jones to Jennings. Slowly planning my survival. Three foot stack of vinyl Since you had to walk out of here I've been having a record year I bet you thought before you left I'd just sit in silence by myself Turn this house into a jail Dying slow in a living hell But love's got a funny way of keeping score And you're leaving lit up my scoreboard Usually make it through Saturday sober All bets are off when I flip her over One bourbon, I want scotch, I want beer I'm having a record year Talking y'all, talk with a southern accent We're back here looking at headlines from across the Southland And we now know that the Augusta National Golf Club Is hopeful they're going to have a Masters And the PGA Tour just announced Monday their plans to try to put on the Masters in November. But at the same time, a casualty of the coronavirus outbreak is the British and o- British Open. As the RNA across the pond announced that the British Open, the, the, the Open Championship technically is what it's called, it was scheduled July 16th through 19th at Royal St. George's in England. It's now been pushed back to July 15th through 18th in 2021, leaving the 150th Open for St. Andrews in the year 2022. So what that means, because the way they number the Open, is there just won't be one. The, I guess, 149th won't be played in the year 2020. It will be pushed back to 2021, meaning the 150th Open Championship will be at St. Andrews in Scotland in the year 2022. But unfortunately, the coolest golf tournament across the pond not going to be held this year as it's being pushed back due to the coronavirus. Now, what does that mean for the Augusta National hosting the Masters Tournament, which should be going on this very week? It looks like they're going to try to have it in November. That's the plan right now. And the Masters is rescheduled now for November 12th through the 15th. That would follow the PGA Championship, which right now is set for August 6th through 9th in San Francisco at Harding Park. And the U.S. Open is still going to be held at Wingfoot, scheduled for September 17th through September 20th. So the Masters would be the third major of the year, and instead of being played first, as it normally is, it would be your last major, and instead of having four majors, 
it would only have three this year because of the elimination of the Open Championship. People all over the world are making changes. In fact, the Senior Open at Newport Country Club and the U.S. Senior Women's Open have been canceled. So those golf tournaments already off the table here for 2020. Let's hope for the best when it comes to the world of golf and they can have more tournaments coming up. That's the one sport, if you definitely don't have fans around, you would think they could pull off because golfers can, can maybe not with their caddy, but they can keep their distance. And even if it's going to be an August tournament and it's still not perfectly normal, you'd think they could still put on a, a couple of these tournaments. We need something. We need some kind of sports, especially golf, for goodness sakes. That's the best relaxer there is. But unfortunately, there won't be a claret jug to hold. Like Shane Lowry, who won it last year, the Irish native, who won it right there in Northern Ireland, he's got, to, I guess, a chance to hold on to the claret jug for a few more months after he won the British Open last year at Royal Portrush, again in Northern Ireland. But golfers, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we hope that Augusta will be a great, great host to the Masters in November. How weird will that be to see Augusta National not all vibrant with its red and pink and yellow flowers, but instead orange and brown leaves flowing from the trees there. The, the Although it's mostly a pine, pine tree area, they don't have that much brown, uh, zero brown leaves fall from pine trees because they don't have leaves. they got needles. But I guess you'll have some pine cones falling down a lot more in November than you will in this time of year. Speaking of the Masters, coming up in Hour 2 of today's Y'all Show, our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans is going to be on. And you know what? One thing this guy loves to eat and just can't stop talking about it, we're going to actually we're gonna have something right up his alley. As one of the great things served during Masters Week are pimento cheese sandwiches. And we've got, we got a little pimento cheese recipe from the Masters that we think is served there. And we'll walk through that with our barbecue barrister, and he'll just get a great, great time and have a, oh, I don't know if he'll be able to make it through the interview. All that's coming up in hour two of today's Y'all Show. Okay, so we told you about golf. It's being shifted around, canceled in the world of horse racing. Another victim of coronavirus, as the Preakness has been postponed Yes, we already know that the Kentucky Derby has been pushed back to around Labor Day. Well, the Preakness Stakes also, they've decided that the 145th running of the Preakness Stakes at Pimplico in Baltimore, which was scheduled May 16th, is now going to be pushed back. They did not announce a new date, but they said this year's race won't include the usual infield activities and events that surround the Preakness Stakes. Likely sometime October, if I had to guess. The Kentucky Derby has been postponed to September 5th, but the Preakness right there in Baltimore, also a victim of the coronavirus here in the year 2020. A good story coming from the Hilton Company. The McLean, Virginia-based Hilton has partnered with American Express, and now Hilton is opening up a million hotel rooms across the country for frontline medical professionals who are battling the coronavirus pandemic. Starting next week, Hilton says it will make rooms available to doctors, nurses, EMT, paramedics, and other frontline medical staff who either need a place to rest or who need to isolate themselves from their families. 
Hilton, Hilton is working with 10 healthcare associations that represent more than a million healthcare workers. Rooms are being made available at several of Hilton's hotel brands, and those include Hampton by Hilton, Hilton Garden Inn, Doubletree, and others. And this cover stays from April 13th through May 31st. American Express is investing along with Hilton through financial terms that weren't disclosed. The company said donated rooms will be provided at or below cost by its independent owners and franchisees. A great job there by Hilton and American Express helping our healthcare workers. Healthcare workers can work with these 10 associations to get more details about how to book a room. So if you're a healthcare worker and you need to either isolate or you're going to be traveling to help out in an area that is very, very hard hit by the coronavirus, the following associations are being represented here in this agreement between Hilton and American Express. American Association of Critical Care Nurses, American College of Emergency Physicians, American Hospital Association, American Nurses Association, Emergency Medicine Residents Association, Emergency Nurses Association, National Association of Emergency Medical Technicians, the Society of Critical Care Medicine, Society of Emergency Medical, rather, Society of Emergency Medicine Physicians Assistant, and the Society of Hospital Medicine, all, again, either getting discounted or donated hotel rooms at Hilton Properties as Hilton opening up a million rooms for frontline medical workers. Good on you, McLean, Virginia-based Hilton, for that effort. Now, working away from some of the coronavirus stories real quick, a man in Mississippi who's been given speeches about how there's a need to reduce violence, guess what? He's now accused of beating another man to death with a baseball bat. Greenwood, Mississippi, we go, and 45-year-old Stacy Regular is now charged with capital murder in the death of 29-year-old LeBrandon Ball, and Ball, who worked at a grain oil mill, was beaten back on March 28th there in Greenwood in the Mississippi Delta, taken to a Jackson, Mississippi hospital, where he died three days later. His younger sister said that knowing someone had been charged in her brother's death finally gives her a sense of peace. Regular had worked with Greenville, Greenwood's City Parks Department. The Commonwealth there, the local newspaper, reported that he had spoken at local anti-violence rallies and has written several letters to the newspaper urging residents to take more active stance against violence. And now he's the guy being charged with killing a man with a baseball bat in Mississippi. In Mississippi, a capital murder charge involves the accusation that someone killed another person while also committing another felony such as theft. And evidently that might be what's happening here as this anti-violent speaker in a lot of hot water there in Mississippi. Now from the Mississippi Delta we go to the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, and this is also connecting into the state of Alabama and to Oklahoma as well. Have you heard about 43-year-old Jacob Blair Scott? He is from Moss Point, Mississippi. Well, This guy evidently stole his friend's identity after he allegedly faked his own death in Alabama as he faked his death at Orange Beach back in 2018. And now it turns out he's been living in a camper in Antlers, Oklahoma, using the name Lucas Walding. And guess who Lucas Walding is? That's his buddy from the Army. They actually grew up together in Hurley, which is in Alabama, and had been friends for more than 20 years. But now... It turns out old buddy was using his buddy's name as he was hiding from the police trying to avoid a child rape charge. And yeah, that's the story coming from Oklahoma. 
Mississippi and Alabama with this guy. I mean, what a friend. What a friend when you steal your own friend's name and identity after you fake your own death. I'm not sure what he did to try to fake his death, but evidently he supposedly killed himself two years ago. (laughs) And evidently he, he did not kill himself. He'd been living under a fake name, although the name was his buddy's name in the state of Oklahoma. How about that town name? Antlers. Oklahoma. Now to Florida we go. As promised, we got a Florida dumb criminal story to pass along. In Seminole County, Florida authorities there are tracking a stolen car. After tracking the stolen car, they discovered heroin, cocaine, guns, and a baby alligator when they went to go make the arrest. A deputy ran the plates on this car, learned it was stolen, and then followed it to a Lake Mary, Florida house. That's where deputies found drugs and this baby alligator being kept as a pet. Don't have a name here, but the sheriff of the county, Dennis Lima, said, Make no mistake, any criminals thinking they can use our coronavirus emergency to take advantage, know that our dedicated men and women are keeping our neighborhoods safe. And they made this grab there at the 400 block of Winsome Court in Lake Mary, Florida, part of Seminole County. Good job, Seminole County, Florida Sheriff's Department, for making the arrest and, and busting the people there for having all those drugs and having that baby alligator. Remember, in Leon County, Florida, they announced this week the rule about keeping your distance. You need to be one gator length away from people. That would be six feet. So that's good news coming from Leon in the the county there where Tallahassee is. And finally, as we wrap up our headlines of the news items on today's Y'all Show, Tyler Perry gets the award for one of the greatest Southerners. He and Dolly Parton both do so much to help out the South, the country, the region, and more. And now the media mogul Tyler Perry, he took, uh, he took a, I guess, an order over the weekend from one of his favorite restaurants, the Houston's on West Paces Ferry Road there in Atlanta. And he made this order, a takeout order. And you know what he did? He left a $500 tip for every one of the Houston's restaurant employees there. 42 in all, 42 employees of Houston's, a great restaurant. I know they got locations in Nashville and Memphis, I think, and there in Atlanta and a couple other places, I think. The total amount of Tyler Perry's tip, again, not just to the person that this was a to-go order, of course, because you can't eat in a restaurant right now. Tyler Perry, his 42 employees benefited with a $500 tip each. That ends up being $21,000 in all that Tyler Perry. And I know he's got the money. I know he can afford it. But what a great gesture there. So perhaps the one thing we can do right now, instead of just sitting at home counting our money, let's give out some of that money to people who are working. And that's what I love about this story. Tyler Perry didn't just give a $500 tip to the person that came and brought him his food. He gave it to all of the employees of Houston's on West Paces Ferry Road in Atlanta, Georgia, and a fantastic Southerner. Way to go, Tyler Perry. One of the reasons Tyler Perry is so fantastic, in addition to the creativity he's got and the vision, he does it all from his local area. He does it all from Atlanta, Georgia. And he's got this brand new studio that's opened up south of Atlanta. That's where they actually remember had a Democratic debate there a couple months back. And Tyler Perry, the Georgia native, doing a fantastic job and Here's another example with a $21,000 tip for Houston's restaurant. (laughs) Good job, Tyler Perry. TP. This is a good TP to talk about, not toilet paper, because uh, that's a bad story in the coronavirus pandemic that we're 
seeing right now. We've got some political stories that we'll share with you, and we'll do that after this break. It's our Southern Political Report for the week. That's ahead right here on Y'all. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Got me running, got me hiding, got me running. It's the Southern Political Report as we conclude this first hour of Y'all, the Tuesday edition. This is the show covering everything in the South. I'm John Rawl, and you can go to our website, y'all.com, for their latest stories on the coronavirus here in the South and a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with the coronavirus. It's a great stress relief for sure. Y'all.com, Y-A-L-L.com, Y'all, the ultimate guide to the South. And we begin the political headlines. Let's go to the beach. Most of the South, I think, is completely shut off. You can't go to any beach right now. So we can only dream, right? Well, if you live at the beach, that's a good option right now. I owe to, owe to have a place on a beach somewhere. Well, Tybee Island is a good place to have a place on the beach, just to the southeast of downtown Atlanta. It's southeast of Atlanta. It's southeast of Savannah right on the Atlantic Ocean. Well, Tybee Island's in the news this week because, well, they're in a little bit of a dispute with the governor. Speaking of Atlanta, Brian Kemp there in Atlanta is telling people that they can go to the beach, and Tybee Island's like, whoa, 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 Nelly, to quote another great Georgian, Keith Jackson. The mayor of Tybee Island, Shirley Sessions, who just got sworn in three months ago, now has taken Brian Kemp to task after officials last week reopened her beach in the community of 3,100 people there on the Atlantic coast. The beach typically operates with city-funded lifeguards, police patrols, and trash cleanup. The change resulted from the governor's order that people statewide should shelter in place. That is, they should stay home unless working jobs deemed essential, seeking medical care, shopping for groceries, or other exceptions, including exercising outdoors. It also invalidated any restrictions already imposed by local governments if they went beyond the governor's limits. What that meant, that a unanimous decision by Tybee Island City Council to close its beach was suddenly overridden, and the governor's office declined to reconsider when asked. Her blunt public rebuttal to what she called the governor's reckless mandate drew attention far beyond this coastal Georgia town. And now she's coming up with this plan to to fight back against Brian Kemp. Now, the governor is not right, as far as I know, has not relented. But right now, they debate between a local town in Georgia and the governor. It is a shame you'd think a beach, maybe not the town, but the actual place where the, the beach itself, where the waves crash into the shore it is a great option 
if as long as you keep your people more than six feet away, let's say 10 feet away, I don't see how you can't restrict. I mean, I've seen pictures of Destin this week. There's nobody on the beach. And it's so beautiful. We've seen temperatures here this week in some of the south close to 90 degrees, maybe even more than that, and sunny. I mean, it is the perfect spring into summer look right now. And people are ready to get outside. Imagine the people, I guess you could do it in your backyard if you got a backyard, but imagine how many people would be happy to be socially distant apart from each other and have the opportunity to go lay on the beach all day long, which they could do right now. If, if they were allowed to, it looks like Brian Kemp won't uh, allow that. In fact, he put a tweet out with a video of Tybee Island beaches as he wrote, few visitors amid routine beach debris, patrols will continue to ensure compliance and keep the people safe. I think he wants to do what I'm saying here is to keep people separate, but not necessarily shut them off entirely. Although, again, locally, Tybee Island already said they were shutting it down, shut her down. And that goes against what the governor of the great state of Georgia had wished for. Now, a blast from Alabama past has made his way to Louisiana. Roy Moore, who just missed out on his opportunity to be elected again as U.S. Senator as he fell in the Republican primary to Tommy Tuberville and Jeff Sessions when they had the vote in Alabama back in March. Now, Roy Moore has crossed over into from Alabama to Louisiana and now in the town of central Louisiana, a church pastor who's facing charges for holding services with massive crowds that defy the state of Louisiana's social distancing mandate has now hired Roy Moore, Judge Roy Moore, to come advise him. As Pastor Tony Spell of the Life Tabernacle, Life Tabernacle Church in central Louisiana says that Moore will advise him during the legal battle but did not elaborate on what capacity Moore would serve. Remember, Roy Moore is a former Alabama State Supreme Court Chief Justice, and he recently ran for Republican candidate for Senate, and he also ran back in, what, 2017 against Doug Jones and lost that nasty battle to the Democrat at that point. Now, Pastor Spell was cited and arrested last week for holding services at his church, despite John Bell Edwards, the governor's stay-at-home order that recommends against social gatherings of 10 or more people. And it looks like Roy Moore from Alabama helping out central Louisiana's church there to see what could happen there. Back to Georgia politics we go, and the embattled new senator, I mean, she's only been on the job less than three months now, Kelly Loeffler. She's back in the news because the U.S. senator, the junior senator from the Peach State, sold a total of over $46,000 worth of stock in an online travel company in the day leading up to President Trump's announcement of a ban on most European travel to the U.S. Though the transactions were relatively small for Loeffler and her husband, whose net worth is estimated at, oh, $500 million, the sales represented an about-face. Now, Loeffler, the Republican, had just days earlier purchased the shares in a deal with her husband, Jeffrey Sprecher, the chief executive officer of International Intercontinental Exchange. Rather, uh, They did some purchases of stocks and got rid of stocks, and that caused a couple of heads to pop up and say, something's going on here. Remember, she's not the only one. There's a couple of senators, including Diane Feinstein of California, Richard Burr of North Carolina, and others who've all come under heavy, heavy criticism of dumping stock after details of the coronavirus 
were coming out and some of the, I guess, the changes that were going to happen, and they decided to get rid of it in their portfolios. So this is another example of Kelly Loeffler, the senator from Georgia now, in a lot of trouble. Not necessarily quite yet, but this is not good news for her. And she's in a battle right now. She's trying to hold on to this Senate seat that she was given by Brian Kemp. And she's going to be facing Doug Collins. And I'm sure there's a Democrat, although I don't know a name. I should know. Let me Google it real quick because this is, by the way, the Southern Political Report. And uh, we need to tell you who's running in 2020. And special election, Georgia, 2020. Doug Collins, Kelly Loeffler, Republicans. Democrats declared the former mayor of Lithonia, Deborah Jackson. How about this? The son of Joe Lieberman, Matt Lieberman, is running for the Democratic bid, which I don't think they've had this because it got pushed back, I think. Let's see here. Others who are expected to run. The former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of Georgia, Ed Tarver, former state senator, also a declared Democrat running in this particular race remember i think georgia's got two different senate races special election is for this one and let's see the senate election in georgia others so on remember david purdue he is running and in the democratic race for that seat you got the nominee for lieutenant governor of georgia in 2018 sarah amico she's running against senator purdue in that race and a former Air Force officer, James Knox. These are all Democrats, by the way. John Ossoff, there's a name from the past. He ran for that congressional seat that was there north of Atlanta, and he lost John Ossoff running. And the former mayor of Columbus, Teresa Tomlinson, also in the running for Governor, rather, Senator David Perdue's seat there in the Senate. So Georgia's got two Senate races going on here, and it's going to get even uglier for Kelly Loeffler if she doesn't find a way to battle back against some of these accusations she might have had some insider trading going on and finally although not a politician certainly what he does every day on the radio is very political rush limbaugh he has announced that he's going to stop some of his chemotherapy treatment and this was done as an alternative way to battle his lung cancer and now rush limbaugh says that the stage two trial I'm in involves targeting with two different drugs, the mutation that has caused my stage four lung cancer. The first four weeks were all feeling great because they warned us that side effects of this drug could be pretty bad. None of the described side effects occurred, such as fatigue and vomiting. Well, last week I began to find it very difficult to walk and it looks like Rush Limbaugh's backing off of some of this chemotherapy. And he also, I think I saw where he's also stepping aside from some of his lung cancer treatment because of the coronavirus he doesn't want to take away necessary beds and other things that might be needed in his area which he lives in florida some of the things needed right now that they don't need to be worried about rush limbaugh even though he's got stage four lung cancer they need to be worried about treating this coronavirus so an update there on rush limbaugh in case y'all haven't heard anything about him lately as of course with the virus a lot of things in the news kind of gets pushed back rush limbaugh who got that presidential medal during the president's state of the union address earlier in the year wishing him all the best certainly one of the pioneers of talk radio 
and that's what we do right here with this show we talk about the south we've got another hour of y'all coming up stay where you are when we come back we've got a little bit of sports news what we call sports land yep a passage in the detroit tigers family mr tiger has passed away and he has a connection to the south we'll tell you about that and some other college news including some new hirings in college basketball and a transfer or two all that coming up on our sports land yap don't forget our barbecue barrister matt hermans is also coming on in hour two this is y'all Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. (sighs) For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to Babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to Babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Continuing on with a show that covers everything from the Red River between Texas and Oklahoma to the Chesapeake Bay, from the mighty Mississippi to the Everglades in South Florida. We are the Y'all Show, and I'm John, and we're glad to have you back here as we start another hour of talk about the South and more. Our friend Matt Hermans is going to be on in the next segment. We'll talk a little barbecue and good Southern cooking And we got something specifically for this week, what should be Master's Week. We've got something right out of Augusta National that we'll get Matt Hearman's take on. All that coming up here in just a few minutes. But we start out this hour with our sports lanyap, a mixture of all kinds of sports news. And sadly, a passage from Major League Baseball. Mr. Tiger has passed away at the age of 85. Al Kaline who was a great Detroit Tiger player, a Hall of Famer. He played 22 years for the Detroit Tigers, and he passed away. An 18-time All-Star, a 10-time Gold Glove winner in right field. He retired shortly after recording his 3,000th hit back in 1974 and then joined the Detroit Tigers broadcasting team. Of course, back in the day, it had a good Southerner. There was Ernie, let's see, I forgot his name. Help me out, y'all. I know he was from the South, the Detroit Tigers, longtime radio broadcaster. But he joined him in the booth there. And Mr. K-Line from Baltimore originally. He raised there, joined the Tigers right out of high school, making his major league debut back in 1953. 
By 55, he had become the youngest player ever to win the American League batting title and finished second to Yogi Berra in voting for the AL MVP. Mr. Tiger, who made his lone appearance in the World Series back in 68, as the Detroit Tigers went on and played in that. I guess they lost to the St. Louis Cardinals, is my guess. I know the next year was the Miracle Mets season of the Mets beating the Baltimore Orioles in 69. But yeah, Al Kaline dead at age 85 after a life well lived. An 18-time All-Star. How about that? And that former broadcaster for the Tigers was one Ernie Harwell, born in Washington, Georgia in 1918 and passed away back in 2010 at the age of 90, uh, 2010. And Mr. Harwell got his start in, in terms of broadcasting baseball in 1943 for the Atlanta Crackers, the old Southern, I think the Southern League team they were in Atlanta and a great story there. And they were a huge draw in Atlanta for many, many decades and then, of course, went away when the Atlanta Braves came to town. They were in the Southern Association and Southern League at one time, but they were there for a long time before going to the International League as a AAA, I think they were a farm team for the Atlanta Braves, or no, I'm sorry, for the Milwaukee Braves in the days just before the Braves came to Atlanta. In fact, the very first year of Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, 1965, it was a whole year before the Braves actually came to town and the Atlanta Crackers played for a whole season at this brand new Major League ballpark, Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, back in 1965. Prior to that, the Crackers played at Ponce de Leon Park from 1906 to 1964. And chances are, some of you listening to me right now have attended an Atlanta Crackers game there at Ponce de Leon Park. A really cool thing. But Ernie Harwell, who grew up around Atlanta, and ended up being a broadcaster for many, many, many decades, primarily for the Detroit Tigers for all those years, did broadcast great games and great players in the case of the man that just passed away, the great career of Mr. Kaline. Rest in peace, sir. Now back to a Georgia sports story, and this from the world of golf. The Masters has now been pushed back, and they're lucky they're even going to have a Masters if indeed it happens this year as the Open at Royal St. George's over in Great Britain has already been canceled. The PGA Championship moved to August. The U.S. Open's been moved to September. And the Ryder Cup will remain in its original late September date if everything works out. That's the new plan announced by the PGA this week. But it looks like the Masters from Augusta National is now going to be held November 12th through the 15th. That would be, what, a week before Thanksgiving? And it looks like that's the plan. Fred Ridley is the Augusta National and Masters Chairman. And Mr. Ridley announced that we want to emphasize that our future plans are incumbent upon favorable counsel and direction from health officials. Provided that occurs and we can conduct the 2020 Masters, we intend to invite those professionals and amateurs who would have qualified for our original April date and welcome all existing ticket holders to enjoy the excitement of Masters Week. This is supposed to be Masters Week right now in the csra and it's been pushed back to what we hope november and lord knows we don't want to be canceled here if we can help it if it gets canceled that means this pandemic will be even worse than we thought over the next couple of months but right now masters fans you're gonna have to hold on to your ticket for about seven months and then you could be a patron 
again. And speaking of the masters, coming up with our friend Matt Hermans, our barbecue barrister, we've got that famous pimento cheese sandwich recipe. And we're going to talk to him about it. That's served up at the Augusta National each year when the Masters is held. And hopefully, Matt, will be able to get through the conversation and, and not rush off to the kitchen and try to whip up his own recipe while we were talking to him about it. That's fun talk coming up in just a few minutes. I'm not update from the National Football League. As the league confirms, they're going to have to have a virtual draft with team personnel at their own homes. A memo sent out on Monday from Commissioner Roger Goodell outlined procedures for this draft, and it's not going to be pushed back. The NFL draft will be April 23rd through 25th, and because of that being a virtual format, that's how they can hold this thing and not push it back. As Goodell wrote that he's reviewed the matter in the past few days with both the competition committee and the group of league executives, and this will confirm that clubs will conduct their draft operations remotely with club personnel separately located in their homes. All team facilities for the NFL closed back on March 26th, and Commissioner Goodell has ordered them to remain shut indefinitely. The draft was supposed to be held in Las Vegas, but the NFL canceled all public events last month as a safeguard against the coronavirus, and on Monday, Goodell instructed the teams on how they should plan to make their selections. So it's going to be a virtual draft. I wonder if ESPN is going to be all over the draft like they normally would. I do love that little sound that the NFL, when they have the NFL draft on ESPN each year, they make that sound. I'm not a good sound machine, but if you've ever watched the NFL draft, it's the only time all year you hear that little sound effect and it's played there on ESPN during the middle of the NFL draft. But gonna happen that's good news at least for sports fans come april 23rd to 25th you can gather around your tv set in the basement and have your own draft party you and your dog and maybe some other family members that are stuck in the house with you but that is a positive sign to see the nfl gonna go forward with that to the kentucky wildcats and another blow to john calipari's team as he's gonna have another talented basketball player depart early for the bright lights of the association as freshman Tyrese Maxey has declared for the 2020 NBA draft. As he told ESPN this week, my thoughts were that we would be playing for a national championship today, which would have been last night, oddly enough. Although we're unable to do that due to what our country is experiencing, I feel like this was the day to declare for the draft and make it as special as I thought it would be today. Coach Calipari tweeted out, I was harder on Tyrese Maxey than any player this season, and there's a reason. One, he's a great kid with a confidence in his ability that does not waver. Two, he has a potential that he has only begun to realize. And three, Tyrese needed to be challenged to take that next step. So we wish this Kentucky Wildcat all the best as he tries to catch on with an NBA team. Tyrese Maxey amongst the players. He's the number eight prospect in the ESPN Top 100 He averaged 14 points and 4.3 rebounds for Big Blue Nation last year. He's a 6'3 guard coming into the NBA. And we saw that other players from Kentucky have also announced their plans to go to the NBA. So Coach Cal is going to have a, a big reshuffling of personnel entering the next college basketball season. Keeping our basketball news in the bluegrass, to the U of L we go. And Jordan Mora has entered the NBA draft after an All-American season for the Cardinals. And he was selected to the AP All-America third team as a junior. 
and he's decided to go pro after his junior year, as he's expected after he had limited participation in last year's NBA Combine after a knee injury there. He returned to Louisville and was named ACC Preseason Player of the Year before going on to average 18 points and just shy of eight rebounds per game, all while shooting 44% from the field. And he was named to the AP's All-ACC First Team. He's a Buffalo, New York native, and indeed he's leaving Louisville to head on to the NBA. Louisville forward Jordan Nora going on to the professional ranks for college basketball from college basketball to the pro ranks now to the southern conference we go and to homewood we go specifically where sanford university there just to the south of downtown birmingham has now gone to the high school ranks to pick their new head basketball coach as bucky mcmillan is your new bulldog basketball coach mcmillan led mountain brook high school right down the road from sanford's campus he led them the last 12 seasons winning his fifth state title in 2019 he took that program to the finals seven times in the state's highest classification mcmillan was selected as a coach in the 2019 alabama mississippi all-star game he won 333 games averaging nearly 28 wins per season mountain brook went 18 and 12 in his first season and then won at least 23 games in each of his next 11 years so sanford the Bulldogs, who had a former Kentucky Wildcat as their head coach here until they let him go just a few weeks ago, and now they're going from the from the Bluegrass to the high school ranks as Bucky McMillan is your new Sanford Bulldog head basketball coach. We wish him all the best. And keeping it on the small college front real quick for a story, a feel-good story for the Bison, your, what, six out of the last seven times national champion North Dakota State Bison. They've got a player. Why am I talking about the Bison here on the Y'all Show? Because I'm talking about two-time FCS All-American Jabril Cox. As this Bison, who's won at least three national champions, I think, championships, is going on to a team that knows a little bit about winning a national championship. He has announced he's going to be a graduate transfer to the LSU Tigers. He made this announcement the other day on Twitter. And because he's a graduate transfer, he's going to be able to suit up immediately for the LSU Tigers. He is from Missouri. He redshirted his first year at North Dakota State before becoming a top freshman player in the FCS back in 2017. He won the Missouri Valley Football Conference Defensive Player of the Year back as a sophomore. He's six foot three, 229 pounds. As a junior last season, he was named to the AP's All-America team after finishing with 92 tackles, including 5.5 sacks. So from one national champion, the Bison of North Dakota State, which knocked off James Madison in a pretty close game in Frisco back in January. And they won, let's see, if this was a junior year, I think they must have won two of the last three national championships. And and now Jabril Cox, he wants to win another one, this time for the LSU Tigers. So he's headed to Baton Rouge, wishing him all the best. And that is a quick look at what's going on in the world of sports here on the y'all show this is part of our sports land yap when we come back we've got to got to kind of keep the sports stuff going sort of we're going to talk about pimento cheese and the masters with matt hermans our barbecue and grill meister and we'll also talk to him about other stuff to do to help us get through this coronavirus and the boredom that is going on in fact i have to ask him about a story i just saw about meat sales unbelievable what's going on right now all that ahead on the Y'all Show. Please keep it right here.
Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. A little Marshall Tucker on the radio. You know we just catch a little groove before the show. We ain't playing nothing slow at the parking lot party. A tailgate buzz just a sipping on suds ain't ever too early to light one up, fill up your cup, cause I ain't no And we are the Y'all Show. Hello, I'm John Rawl, and it's the point in our program where we bring on barbecue talk. And we're always glad to be joined by Matt Hermans, our barbecue barrister, for this special portion of our show. In fact, on today's Y'all Show, if you're fortunate enough to be watching us on our YouTube channel or on y'all.com at the Y'all TV options, we're going to make history by actually bringing on the beautiful face of our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans. Hello, Matt Hermans. Uh, hello. I like the introduction, although uh, well, good thing you're not hooked up to a lot of things. Yeah. yeah good, to see you. good to see you. Good to see you. Amazing. Amazing that we're actually seeing you. And I got to praise you for your praise the Lord cap that somebody I know sent that your way not long ago. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, pretty decent guy, you know, could be slightly overrated, but still a pretty good dude, sent it to me uh, a while back, and uh, I figured it was apropos for, uh, for today. There's a wonderful place in Marion, Illinois, called 17th Street Barbecue, and that's where that cap came from, and even though they're technically a Yankee town and a Yankee state, they have wonderful barbecue including a mustard-based sauce and if i'm not mistaken that certain little barbecue angel sent you not only that cap but some mustard-based barbecue sauce too right yeah it's pretty good stuff too my wife likes it quite a bit and uh you know hey like i say despite it being from uh, illinois uh you know you gotta recognize good barbecue for good barbecue so here we are Give a little shout out to 17th Street. Yeah, and a good apparel, too, as they do have that hat up. Okay, Matt Hermans, I'm not sure how big of a golf guy you are, but for those of us who do like the sport of golf, this was supposed to be Masters Week in Augusta, Georgia. And, of course, the Masters announced Monday that they're pushing their tournament back from this week to it's going to now be all fingers crossed Sometime in mid-November is when it's supposed to be. They actually have already canceled the Open Championship, a.k.a. British Open. They're still hoping to put in the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open. Those two tournaments will precede the Masters Tournament, which means there's only going to be three majors here in the world of golf. 
in 2020. So the Masters in the fall, that ought to be quite quite a scene there. And one of the things that the Masters is known for, amongst many things, is the food of all things. And they got something there at Augusta National, Matt Herman's, that I think you would go bonkers over. Something called a pimento cheese sandwich. Did you know that? <laughs> I've heard about that. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard of those. I might have had a few in my day. And, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of pimento cheese sandwiches. I'm a huge fan of pimento cheese. And uh, you, put a, you put a little pimento cheese on a, on a couple slices of white bread. There's not a whole lot better than that uh, in the world. Well, you have a good point that you bring up there. And in the spirit of all of the fun there with the masters and with food and such, y'all.com has, as they always do, come through with a great story by Clark Shelton, the editor at y'all.com, and his story, The Strange Mystery Behind the Masters $1.50 Pimento Cheese Sandwich, which, by the way, this Pimento Cheese Sandwich at Augusta National you, you want to take a guess at how much it costs there for the patrons at Augusta National? Well, I'm thinking less than $1.50, or maybe it is $1.50. You are correct. And just for that, we've got a pimento cheese sandwich from the 2019 Masters Tournament, and you are going to get that sent in the mail just like you got that praise the lard cap. Mm, yeah, I appreciate the thought, but... Uh, <laughs> Why don't you save that for yourself? Why don't you try it and let me know how it is? Okay, the one from 2019. I'll, I'll do that. But the Masters and this sandwich, the pimento cheese. Now, I'm going to walk through some of the ingredients in said Masters tournament pimento cheese sandwich, and you tell me how you think this will stack up. The real truth here, Matt Hermans, is no one actually has the real recipe. It's just like everything at Augusta National, a secret and also a great tradition but we think we've got a real real close almost facsimile of the master's pimento cheese sandwich so if you don't mind because there are variations of this thing out here we've done our best here at y'all.com to come up with the best the closest thing to the so-called original recipe and so i'm going to tell you what the ingredients are and then you tell me if you agree or if you might kind of mix it up And those ingredients include three cups of shredded white cheddar cheese. White cheddar cheese. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with that. I love white cheddar. Okay. So in addition to three cups of shredded white cheddar cheese, two cups of shredded yellow sharp cheddar cheese. What is the biggest difference between a white cheddar and a yellow sharp cheddar? White cheddar is really sharp, too. Usually uh, a white cheddar is, is extra, extra sharp. Typically, you're talking about a, um, a a very sharp white cheddar cheese, Vermont white cheddar. There's no such thing as a white cheddar cheese that's not really, really sharp, which, of course, means it's kind of got that sour kind of kick that gets you kind of in the back of the, the mouth right here when you eat it. So, typically, white cheddar is really, really sharp, even sharper than uh, sharp yellow. Okay. All right. So, you, we now know our two different cheeses, Matt Hermans. We're not done with the cheese talk from you. Included also in this pimento cheese recipe for the Masters, four ounces of crumbled... What what cheese would you guess here? Oof, crumbled, huh? Jack cheese? Not blue cheese. Oh, wow. Oh, I did not expect that. That came out of nowhere. Okay, well, the Masters has a way of doing that. So you got 
white cheddar, yellow sharp cheese, and now crumbled blue cheese. Four ounces of that. You also aren't done. Of course, if you're going to have a pimento cheese sandwich, you need to have pimentos, right? And this ingredient for the recipe here is a four-ounce jar, just one four-ounce jar. I assume that's how they come in the grocery store. A four-ounce jar of sliced pimentos, then drained. Are you okay with that? Yeah, you got to drain them. Uh, I mean, the things are full of water. So um, last thing you want is a liquidy pimento uh, cheese. We've kind of talked about the liquid stuff you get at the store. You don't want any part of that. So I think draining it, very smart move by the folks in Augusta. Okay. And then another ingredient, which I think is pretty self-explanatory. They don't list this particular brand, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. A part of this recipe for your pimento cheese sandwich from the Masters is a cup of light mayo. Now, let me throw in here, and this is a big problem right now with the coronavirus. I'm getting reports from throughout the South that we're running low on Duke's mayonnaise. So something tells me that the Augusta National folks likely use Duke's mayonnaise in their mayo for these pimento cheese sandwiches would you agree with that i've got a uh i've got a quart of dukes in my fridge right now so i said it's a pretty good guess although there's probably some blue plate folks out there kind of uh, getting fired up about that also well keep in mind dukes mayonnaise heritage is just across that savannah river over in south carolina and blue plate wasn't around back when the masters got going in the 1930s from a guy named bobby jones so Chances are it's Duke's mayonnaise, although that's not listed here in the official ingredients. And then, of course, if you're going to have a sandwich, Matt Earmans, you need to also have a little mustard on there. They've got two tablespoons of Dijon mustard as part of the mix. Does that surprise you? It's Dijon. Yes, yeah. Mustard um, mustard's a little bit of a surprise. But that's, oh, you uh, think mustard period's a surprise? On a cheese sandwich? I would say that's a lot of the ordinary. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're trying to brighten up your life here, give you something to look forward to. So you got your, your Dijon mustard, and that's a weird word for me to look at because the first two letters of the word Dijon are D-I and then my name. So it's almost like Dijon. And uh, okay, I get it. All right. And then lastly, the last ingredient, if you're going to have a sandwich here, or some of us in the South say a sandwich, you need some bread. And they recommend as part of the master's a loaf of white bread. Probably don't want to go around and asking for like whole wheat bread when you're dealing with a master's pimento cheese sandwich. I'm saying very, very strong agree with the white bread. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you mix it all together and you put it into a bowl, mix it up, and you don't use a blender. Are you surprised by that recommendation? And use a blender, yeah. That'll, 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 you want the chunks, yeah. You got to have those threads. Yep. That's right. And another thing about a pimento cheese sandwich, it does take a few hours. It's not like you can go in there and whip it up real quick and instantly eat it. You got to let it be refrigerated. You got to cover it up, put it in the fridge for about six to eight hours, and then add your pimentos after you do all that, mix it in. Then you can enjoy it. And something tells me if you're at the Masters, chances are that's not going to be an extremely cold pimento cheese sandwich. So, or is the perfect pimento cheese sandwich something that's actually been sitting out just a little bit more where it's room temperature? I like it close to room temperature. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a cold pimento cheese sandwich. I don't think you want it too warm, but uh, I would kind of lean towards closer to room temperature is, is about perfect. 
Okay. And since it is something, again, served in this case at the Masters where it's outdoors, with all these cheeses, is that something you need to be real sensitive about, about keeping it out in the heat too much where it might cause you to have, let's say, problems down the road? Um, I, you might, I mean, more than the cheese, I think maybe the, the mayo, but uh, if it's chilled, you're not going to have a problem. I mean, unless it's out there 24 hours or something. Okay. But something tells me they're not going to last that long for fifty. Well, good news for me, and, and again, one of the ingredients in this is mayonnaise. And the other day, I don't know what I was doing because of this darn virus. I was stuck here at the house trying to come up with some interesting things to eat. And I had pulled out my mayonnaise, and I left it out for about four hours. I totally forgot that it was there. And then I stuck it back in the refrigerator. I didn't get sick. Am I okay with leaving mayonnaise out for about four hours? I got to be honest with you. I've been experimenting, experimenting with that, uh, not on purpose for years. <laughs> I, I think you're good. I think four hours is. Uh, I've gone longer than that, so I think you're. I think you're okay. You're well, I don't want to get sick with the coronavirus, but the last thing mm-hmm. I want to do is have to go to the hospital and possibly uh, check out because I ate awful mayonnaise caused by me being forgetful and leaving it out. Let's hope that doesn't happen to me. And obviously, if you say it's happened to you before, you're still going, blowing and going too, right? Yeah, I'm I'm still here. Okay. Well, we're happy about that. Again, you can go to the website, y'all.com, and they've got all this broken out for you to make your life a lot easier. And even though it's going to be November, we hope, when the Masters of 2020 gets held, right now you can bring a taste of the Masters to your coronavirus headquarters and enjoy it right here courtesy of the y'all show we are the y'all show talking with a southern accent we've got matt hermans he is our barbecue barrister and matt hermans go ahead and let everybody know where you're actually broadcasting from today well john i am uh, obeying all guidelines here um, i am in the barbecue bunker the uh, <laughs> barbecue bunker you heard him say it and we're, we're making history yeah, yeah, beautiful and quiet Galveston, Texas. All right, well, we're glad that you're doing that, and that's a good-looking barbecue bunker, and we aren't done with our barbecue barrister. When we come back, this virus has people going out of their minds buying meat, and I want to get Matt Herman's take on that and some other good ideas that have kind of popped up here because of the virus. All that is our barbecue discussion with Mr. Herman's continues after this short timeout. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. In the evening, in the evening, Mama, when the sun go down, in the evening, baby, Mama, when the sun go down, 
And welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, our final segment here on this Tuesday edition. We've got our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans in the barbecue bunker, and we're talking all things Southern, specifically all things barbecue here in this segment of the program that's all about the South. Our website is y'all.com, the ultimate guide to the South, where we have great ideas for food in fact we just spent the last 15 minutes talking about the pimento cheese sandwich you can get at the masters the masters week is this week but it's been pushed back to mid-november because of covid19 but you can go to y'all.com and pull up the recipe and it's a delicious way to get us through this boredom and absolute change of pace for all of us here as we're for the most part forced to stay indoors and because we're indoors, we're trying to come up with some things to do. And Matt Hermans, I just saw an article. We talked about it when this thing first broke a couple of weeks about people going to their local grocer and buying up a lot of meat. Well, it looks like even at the local butcher shops, not just at your big chain grocery stores, they're also having people come in and buy up most everything they've got. And something tells me, Matt Hermans, you might be just one of those people guilty of such a action. Well, I have bought my fair share of meat. Um, you know, luckily they haven't uh, haven't instituted the one pork butter, one rack of ribs per customer um, thing yet, like they have with toilet paper. But uh, I have, I've certainly, I've done a lot more uh, cooking actually since I've been stuck at home because, I mean, why not, right? I mean, I'm here, I'm working from the house like most people are, and. You know, why not fire up the smoker? It's, it's simple. It's easy. It's, uh, you know, everybody needs to eat. And, um, yeah, so I've been putting putting my time to good use firing up the smoker. And the smoker is a good option right now. Let's not forget this is also Holy Week. And because of that, we just kind of came out of Mardi Gras season. One thing that I saw out there are a lot of people because of all these various meat options available that they're able to, and they got time on their hand. A lot of people are doing a, a jambalaya, a crawfish boil right now. Have you tried that? Is that something that should be at your local grocer available, all the ingredients needed for a crawfish boil? Yeah, I think so. I mean, everything but the crawfish. Um, in a lot of places, you can get crawfish. A lot of times, they come, uh, they come in from the Gulf Coast. There's crawfish farms, you know, from where I live over, you know, even in Alabama. And... Uh, so, yeah, a lot of times if you go to the frozen section or the seafood section, you'll see a little sack, kind of a rectangular bag of uh, frozen crawfish that have been harvested, de-shelled, that you can use. A lot of times it's really not that bad. It's pretty you know, it's pretty decent. It's been shucked or uh, peeled and then immediately frozen. So if you do crawfish jambalaya, you can always do shrimp jambalaya too. But, uh, yeah, that's it should be everything else. you got rice, you know, you got the trinity, you got seasonings. You're good to go. You can find that crawfish. You, you're, that's a pretty good option. When is crawfish not going to be available? Well, if it's frozen, it's going to be. So there's a crawfish season, okay. and that typically is somewhere around January till the farthest, you know, the, the far end of it's going to be June. Typically, May crawfish season is going to peter out, and that's usually when they are ready to be harvested fresh. That's when crawfish boils happen. Um, if you live along. You know, like I say, anywhere near the Gulf Coast in the in the South, you're gonna have crawfish boils to attend from uh, February to to May. So, but 
Um, a lot of these places, like I say, they crawfish farms, they harvest them, they freeze them. So you're probably going to be able to find frozen crawfish throughout the year. You're probably not going to have an issue if you're anywhere close to where, close to where people eat. Okay. Well, that's helpful information. And although most of the times when you do something like a crawfish boil, you're going to have a big party come over and enjoy it. We can't really do that right now. So if you do fire up the pot out in the backyard and you've got a crawfish boil, is this something that can last several days, if not weeks, if you have it in your refrigerator? No. Really? Come <laughs> on, man. Absolutely. That's the one thing about a crawfish boil. Uh, as soon as that crawfish cools off, it is done. You do not, you do not want to reheat crawfish. So, uh, I would say jambalaya is a different story. You can freeze that, you can freeze the pot of it, you can freeze the bag of it. But, uh, no, no, no. I think, uh, crawfish boilers eat when hot and throw away when cold. Well, you're just the bearer of bad news. I had hoped you would tell me this is something that's going to get our families through this depression of coronavirus fatigue where we're stuck at home need something to do i mean when you do a crawfish boil you're talking about a couple hours of time out there getting it ready right oh now look wonderful time especially if you got good weather like we have in my neck of the woods great time to get everybody outside um you know the smells and everything coming off the crawfish pot are worth sitting out there you know set up some chairs and stuff it's a great great fun they have um crawfish tables too that are specifically for eating and peeling crawfish but you don't really need anything you just need a bucket and, and stuff so it's a wonderful meal it's a good time it's just not something you can put in your fridge and heat up again okay it. well let me ask, ask you if you've heard about this i just heard the other day that dairy farmers are having to throw away perfectly fine milk because there's their need the normal customers the School rooms, the school lunches, the factories, the restaurants have all essentially shut down their need for milk. You still got cattle that are, are dairy cattle that need to have their milk. And these, these farmers have nowhere to send that milk. So they have to literally dump it out. And my guess is that since the crawfish is in the shrimp industry too, are very dependent on people buying their product. Well, with so many people not out buying that product right now they still got to harvest it and i bet you the prices of crawfish are pretty low right now because they want people to buy it well i would imagine so too crawfish are you know uh, they're one of these it's a you know it's kind of a crop i guess it's not something like a cow or a pig where you can delay the you know the slaughter for a period of time until the till the uh, the need goes up. I mean, the crawfish is ready when it's ready. Like I said, you don't want to freeze them. In fact, you've got to cook them alive. Um, if they're dead, you do not want to eat them. So you're right. It's not something that's going to last. And just like cows, I mean, they got to be milked. I mean, just for their own health, they have to be milked. So even if um, there's nowhere to send that milk, exactly, it just, ha- it just has to happen. You know, same thing. If you got crawfish out in a, in a muddy field. You know, they're not going to last next year. It doesn't work that way. So, uh, yeah, there's, you know, a lot of them going to dishes, going to restaurants, um, which are suffering now, too. Um, you know, I've, I think we've tried, and it's good for everybody to try to kind of support your local restaurants. And uh, But, you know, there's only so far they can go. But, yeah, so not a crop uh, you can you can freeze, not something you can store. It's It's got to be in the live and fresh. So I'm sure that's going to take its toll. 
Now, you just told us how crawfish has no afterlife beyond the couple hours when you first fire it up there. Is that the same for shrimp as well? If you do a shrimp boil as opposed to a crawfish boil, does shrimp have a little bit longer shelf life? Yeah, no, I would say I would say it's very, very similar. For oh, shrimp. come on now. Yeah, the only frozen shrimp you're going to get, once they're thawed out, you, you, you don't want to freeze them again. And shrimp is so delicate. The reason I say that, crawfish is one thing. It's got all juices in it. It's got the tamale in the head that you suck out. It's got the... The meat in these shellfish are so it's so delicate that once it cools and once you if you try to freeze it and then reheat it, it's going to be a texture you don't want to be part of. It's just not something that works that way. Now everybody knows frozen shrimp. You can get frozen shrimp in the grocery store. Sometimes you want to kind of look at where some of this frozen shrimp comes from, particularly in this you know climate we have now. A lot of frozen shrimp that you don't get from the Gulf is imported from overseas you don't really know where it's coming from don't want that don't want anything from some kind of market fish market (laughs) and the funny thing is people think well if i'm eating shrimp and you know in louisiana or alabama or florida or texas like man i'm sure that shrimp comes from the gulf there's about a nine out of ten chance it doesn't it's probably imported from somewhere else so if you're eating gulf shrimp they will tell you you will know or you will purchase it from someplace. So um, anyway, that's something for people to consider, uh, especially during this time. But uh, now, shrimp, uh, again, once it's been frozen, once it's thawed out, it's not, it does not have a shelf life. You do not want to freeze it, warm it up again. It'll, it'll turn into like that consistency after you've overchewed bubble gum and it starts uh, disintegrating in your mouth. You don't want that. Okay, helpful advice from our barbecue barrister, Matt Hermans, as we kind of wind things down here on this Tuesday, talking to our barbecue barrister. All right, it's been a week since, well, actually, it's been two weeks. We gave you the week off last week. We gave a, a little encore from like a year ago and uh, how, how times have changed in the last year. But we gave you two weeks. So, we, so you've had two weeks to come up with the answer to my next question. What's the yep. one dish that you're most proud of that you've maybe come up with over the last couple of days as you're stuck at home with 95% of the rest of America? Well, I guess it would be, uh, I would be kind of mailing it in if I just said, you know, spectacular rack of Memphis-style dry ribs. Well, I was hoping you might tell me it might have been a crawfish boil, but obviously you're anti-crawfish boil, so what else you got there? (laughs) Hold on. Let me clear the record up here. Let Let me be clear. I am uh, I am absolutely pro crawfish. I, I would encourage everybody to boil the absolute you know what out of any crawfish they can find uh, during this time of year to support the crawfish farms um, and just eat it all up right then and then boil it up the next day too. How about that? So I I, I am very pro crawfish and shrimp boil. You just need to eat it right then. So um, I have done some. Like I say, I've been cooking, I've been smoking, I've been doing all kinds of barbecue because I'm at the house all the time. So um, I have... Uh, and being at the house, let's be honest, I mean, I don't want you to come across being a negative guy. That That's a good thing for you, right, to be at your house? I like it. I, I've, been <laughs> I have, I have, uh, I've gotten to spend a lot of time with my, my little daughter, which is good. I'm taking the silver lining out of this thing, so... There, there are, there have been some very good things that I've enjoyed, but uh, some of that is you have extra time to do things. Um, so I've, I've come up with some novel ways to use. No, don't use that word. Don't use the word novel. 
That's a bad word. Novel coronavirus. I'm going to avoid the word novel. I'm going to avoid the number 19. I'm going to, let's do all that. We'll get all that out of the way. Um, but I have made, uh, I have made some, um, we've discussed before, and this is the reason I thought about this. You've asked me before on this show, John. What is have a I? Rib, yeah. What is, what is a rib sandwich? What the heck is it? How do you eat it? A What's rib sandwich? Food? Yeah. We've discussed that before because ribs have bones. And you can't exactly bite through a, uh, a rib sandwich. However, uh, I have taken it upon myself to create a rib sandwich um, for partial, uh, partially because of curiosity and partially because of boredom. Uh, but simply removed the bones and taken the rib meat off and, um, and have developed a real rib sandwich you can actually eat that do not have bones in it. So, um, you know, I would say... I think that's called a McRib. <laughs> yes. I would invite anybody to try to find the part of the pig that the McRib comes off of. If you, if you can find that, that part of the animal... Well, you've got coronavirus appalls in your life, so what better... Yeah. Uh, right. You've got until November when they roll it out again. Use that's this right. time wisely, Matt Hermans, and let us know what's in a McRib. If anybody can locate that part of the, of the swine, please call into the show or, or get... Let us know, but uh, yeah, I have developed. Uh, I have messed around and kind of developed a McRib that is uh, made from actual animal products. And it, uh, <laughs> it has turned out pretty, pretty good. I must say, I'm fairly proud of that. And what goes on that rib sandwich? Obviously, a good slab of ribs, probably Memphis style. That's the way I prefer it. However, um, I will say this: on a rib sandwich, you kind of want it saucy. Um, at least that's what that's what I would imagine. So you probably just want to go with a wet rib. You probably want to drench sauce all over it, get all over the white bread to where it's all over mm. your face. Like, off. A, like a rendezvous Tuscaloosa style? Like a dream dreamland, I think is what you're... Did I, that's what I meant. I'm you sorry. Said, you said rendezvous, which is good dry. Well, I think you're talking about... No, dreamland. I'm talking about dreamland and Tuscaloosa. I, I get Memphis and Tuscaloosa mixed up, and I apologize. I know there's a big difference. The reason I know you said that is because that Dreamland barbecue sauce is uh, is is very good. So, um, especially with that white bread. Exactly. So, yeah, rib sandwich. You want to have a lot of sauce. You want to have white bread. I don't think you need anything else. Mm. That's man. Keep it simple. Keep it good. I hope, and I should have called before the show. I should have called to make sure Dreamland is indeed open. I think some of their locations. It's fairly easy to pull up and get a to-go order. Of course, Tuscaloosa, man, they're getting hit pretty hard by the coronavirus. And I saw where they pretty much had a lockdown there in T-Town. But they got more than one location in Tuscaloosa. So if you're fortunate to be there in that part of West Alabama, let us know. 803-816-1170 if we can maybe swing by Tuscaloosa and get us some wet ribs from Dreamland and, and that delicious white bread. I, I may have told you I was in that area about a year ago, I think it was, and I did just what I'm talking about. I got me a to-go rack of ribs and white bread from Dreamland, and I had to get back to where I was going, and I'm driving down some of the back roads, and I do mean back roads of rural West Alabama, and have you ever tried to eat Dreamland ribs while going down the highway, and you're driving? Have you? No, but uh, I probably would. I would probably be as weak as you were, and I would try it. It, it was tough. It was messy. And I did something I don't encourage, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit, but look, 
you don't have much of a choice. I littered. I littered <laughs> the highway with ribs. Hopefully just the bones, right? Because some animal got those. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I did hold on to my packaging. I threw that in the trash can, but I must well, con- I must confess. Well, see, I mean, that's not littering. What you're doing is you're sharing uh, that delicious um, that barbecue taste with the local wildlife. So I would consider that to be an act of uh, you know kindness. I was I was green before representative cortez from new york state matt hermans our barbecue barrister i wore this special shirt here because we're actually in addition to the masters starting up here this week we're also supposed to be in our first week of major league baseball and i want to talk to you about baseball and how we can maybe even though we don't have baseball to watch we might can go fire up a game from 50 years ago on the tv it we might can have a little cookout try to replicate baseball season and we'll just have to push that back next week because I actually have some questions about wieners because <laughs> I'm trying to eat a little bit better. And barbecue, I mean, hot dogs, they do come in different varieties. You got pork, you got beef, you've got chicken, I think a turkey hot dog. And there's variations of how healthy they are. And I need to get your opinion on that. But we're going to have to push that back to next week. So do you mind talking weenies with me next week? Absolutely. We can talk all the winners you want to talk. <laughs> thank you, Matt Hermans. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for being our very first Y'all TV live in the flesh guest right here on the show that's all about the South. It's a heck of a good time, John. I mean, I hope, uh, you know, be a turnoff seeing the, seeing the mug on there. But uh, hey, you know what? I enjoyed it. And, uh, and yeah, I look forward to next week. We, we just have to prove here on this show that Matt Hermans is actually, believe it or not, a real person, and that he is. Well, that will conclude our show for today. Thank you. Make sure you tune in on Wednesday. We've got all the latest in the Atlantic Coast Conference to pass along, including big news for the Clemson Tigers. Hey, no surprise. They're to be the AC champs and ACC champs and possibly national champs again in 2020, if there is a season, that is. And also, we'll get the latest from Nashville and country music insider Precious Harris. All that coming up on the Wednesday show of this Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then go to Babbel.com, download the app, and try it for free. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just go to babbel.com and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or go to babbel.com and try it for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. I'm doing it all, the water, the fiber, the exercise, but I still have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back. My doctor said I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. 
Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at Linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Allergan Pharmaceuticals and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals.